0: You are now listening to the Co-op Podcast on the coalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two hundred and sixty-one. the co-op podcast i'm your host rich Billy jr and today i'm joined by mr gary a swaby how's it going gary
1: it's going very good thanks very much um yeah i'm good to be back on another show and we got some pretty interesting topics today so i'm looking forward to the discussion
0: absolutely uh so as of today i think it's going to basically be me and gary uh we may or may not be joined by some others but for right now you know, I mean, this is a Friday afternoon, uh, close to about 6 p.m. here on the East Coast. So, obviously, everybody isn't available at the moment. But, yeah, we'll see what happens as the show goes on. But um, as for this week in news, there was a couple of interesting news stories that did come out. So we will get into that stuff. But before we do any of that, uh, we definitely want to let you all know what we have been playing. Because I know I've been playing a couple of things Uh as well but uh i'm going to start off with you with you gary because the people always say all you play is overwatch so let's see if they were right this week uh what have you been playing
1: okay well um i I didn't just play overwatch this week but i think that people might still be a little disappointed in the other game i played but but yeah okay so let's start so overwatch yep i played overwatch this week of course you know that's a given and you know you people get on me about playing overwatch but it's like i have so much going on in my life like during the evenings you know like like when i'm not working during the evenings people will hit me up wanting me to do things and want me to do this and that or i have to help people with something and you know like i, I can't just sit playing a game like for hours on end like i used to so with Overwatch makes things easy for me because I can just hop on I can play two or three matches and then hop off and do something else and you know I can re- rinse and repeat that flow you know so it fits into my life so well so that's why I play so much Overwatch because it's like you know I can I can get on and get off whenever I need to um and with other games it's like you know if I'm playing Assassin's Creed or something and I get really into the story and then I just get disrupted by something and then it's like it's hard to get back into that zone that you was in before so that that's the reason why you know overwatch is just more convenient for me to play but um but yeah i've been playing overwatch of course and i'm loving that um actually today they just released two new skins and i have to say that blizzard are bugging with the prices because these are skins that you can only buy that it they're uh, there to promote the all-star match that's going to be happening uh just like the nba and stuff like the overwatch league is having an all-star game and they released some special edition skins for Genji and Tracer, but uh, I don't know how much it is in dollars, but in pounds, if you want to get both of these skins, it's sixteen pounds ninety nine, which is very, very pricey for skins. So I, I just want to you know say Blizzard, you're bugging, um, and I've, I've, I've spent so much like I've spent so much of my money on Blizzard. I think you guys should give me those skins for free. I just want to say that. First of all. Okay, so the other game I played this week, and I know people are going to be very disappointed to hear this as well because, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, the, the company basically that, that makes it. So, uh, as many of you know, World of Warcraft released a new expansion this week the the Battle of Azeroth, or, you know, whatever it is, however you pronounce that. Um, so, I actually got back into World of Warcraft this week as well. Which is also a blizzard game, I know. but yeah, um, yeah, so I, I got back into wow and I created a new character. Um, I have to say I like the whole um with World of Warcraft, I like how they play up the the uh, alliance versus the horde storyline because it's like two different two main factions, and it's like it's a big decision that you have to make as a player of like which faction you're gonna join. And that affects a lot of the stuff that actually happens in the game, even down to the server you choose to play on. Like, because some servers are more horde, uh, horde owned, and some are more fact uh, alliance owned. So, so yeah, like I, I like that element of it, and I, I love RPGs and MMOs. You know, I've always kind of loved it, so I'm enjoying that right now. Um, you know, I I, I also still uh, play. Elder Scrolls Online from time to time as well, so I'm probably going to be dipping, you know, in and out of those two MMOs. Um, I've been, I've also been thinking about streaming some of them, even, you know, like maybe do some MMO streams of Elder Scrolls Online and WoW, you know, just so people can see what they're about and everything like that. Because I know people like to. Sometimes people don't want to try these games, but they they would watch somebody play them just to see what they're like. So maybe I'll. Try and figure out a, a schedule or a time that I could maybe stream at least once a week or something like that. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully I'll sort that out in the future, but we'll see. But yeah, those are the two games I've been playing, both Blizzard games. I know, don't, don't, you know, don't be mad at me, but at least I, I played something else this week.
0: Absolutely, I think that sounds good. Uh, I'm actually surprised you have been playing World of uh, Warcraft because I have heard a lot of people talking about that expansion. So you definitely surprised me there with that one. Um, but that's good. And if there are streams in the future, that that'll be fantastic. I know I have been making plans to do some streaming as well. Uh, probably more so on some of the indie titles because there are a lot of great indie titles that people will overlook this fall that are actually coming close to the release of some of the other major games so i definitely will want to stream some of the major games but i think the indie titles definitely deserve some attention as well so we'll see about that um yes to be determined as for what i have been playing okay i've played a couple of games this week uh obviously there are some people that may know look at my status on xbox and they'll be like this guy isn't playing anything uh, I don't really know what's wrong with those people because they only expect me to play major titles, but I play a lot of different stuff. Uh, first and foremost, uh, State of Mind. I spoke about this last week. I actually wanted to have a review done soon, but I'm actually still playing the game because I've gotten really, really deep into the game. I think I'm almost near the end, but because it is a narrative narrative driven game, I feel as though I need to finish it before I actually talk about my opinion. In regards to how everything plays out, what I can say right now is that it is a interesting game because it deals with a lot of different types of themes. Uh, it's not a game that is for everybody. I can say that for sure. Just because you know you're walking around exploring, and as I mentioned last week, it's, it's a story about a character who essentially gets into a car accident and then he loses his mind, and he's trying to retrace the steps, trying to get an understanding as to what's going on in his life, why his daughter say why his uh, son and his wife are missing. Um, And it goes into other type of, you know, cyberpunk political themes as well. Uh, Humans and robots. It's a lot of different things combined into one. So it's really hard to really pinpoint and say exactly what this game is because it, it pulls from so many different things that it's trying to do. But as a game, uh, the gameplay is pretty straightforward. You know, you have a lot of dialogue, conversations with a lot of different characters. You try to piece together puzzles to reveal uh, pieces of the story that you're trying to put that you're trying to get an understanding of. So they, the, the devs are trying a lot of different interesting things with it, but the reason why I say it's not for, for, for everybody is because they may criticize some of the storytelling. They may criticize some of the things that the devs are doing in terms of explaining certain processes. And there is some repetition in in it as well, because you're retracing a lot of the same places you've already been through. But from a narrative standpoint, it does some very interesting things. So, I mean, I know that there are some people that have already played the game. They're streaming it already. So I definitely would encourage people to check out the game. There are a lot of videos out there. But uh, I will have my thoughts on the game in full, I want to say, next week. Once I've had more time to actually complete it And can talk a little bit more about it Because I don't want to spoil anything Because again it is a narrative driven game So I don't want to sit on this podcast And tell you everything that happens in the story That's not what this is about I'm just here to whether or not I recommend it or not And I will have an answer on that soon So stay tuned for that um, As for what else I've been playing It's no secret That I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead Telltale game So I have been playing the final season, I actually finished episode one uh, the other day, and I'm writing up on that as well. Um, here's the thing about this thing. Uh, if you played the Walking Dead games, you have a very good idea of what to expect. Uh, the storyline always has these a lot of emotional elements within it. There are a lot of twists and turns in certain aspects to it. So this particular uh, final season, it's basically about Clementine... She's uh, raising AJ, who, if you played The Walking Dead Season 2, you know that's the little baby that um, one of the characters had at the end. Unfortunately, the mother passed away because, you know, it has to be dramatic like that with The Walking Dead. You know how these stories normally go. But you're basically raising AJ, and what they are doing with this whole story is that they are trying to connect the dots between when Clementine was, was being taken care of by Lee, but now Clementine is the one... That has to take care of AJ And teach him right from wrong Because he has a lot of interactions with a lot of characters In a particular episode That you basically are babysitting If you want to put it bluntly But you're trying to teach him right from wrong And in in, in, in normal Telltale fashion You know, you would tell him something Or you do something, he's watching you all the time And then that can also Become a bad thing later Like for example, in the episode that I played there was a character that threatened me, and I took action against the character. So AJ saw that, and then later on in that same episode, he actually took action against another character—a very deadly action, uh, I might add. So um, it definitely Put you into that world. Uh, of course, in, in terms of where where this episode is at, I, I must admit that it got off to a very slow start for me. You know, Act One and Two basically introducing you to the other characters that AJ and Clementine have to deal with. And then act three, when it really picks up, is when it just, it goes from zero to a hundred real quick in terms of what happens in that particular act. Uh, Very, 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 very shocking things happen in that act. But um, without any further explanation or context as to where the story is going, I have to say, we have to wait to see what happens over the next three episodes I want to say it starts strong, although it takes a while to get started. But by the time it ended at at Act 3, I was disappointed because it's like I felt like, well, the story is just starting. Now I got to wait till next month to play Episode 2. But with that said, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, you played the other games, you'll probably enjoy this game no matter what. Uh, It pretty much is like the other games. Graphically, it looks great. The gameplay stuff that they added in there, some of the little stuff here or there, it's 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 okay. It's not like a major evolution of what they've been doing. It pretty much is more of the same. And you are able to collect items throughout the episode that you can then place at the end of the episode. So they added a couple of different things in there to try to switch it up from a gameplay standpoint. Um, but yeah, I don't know what all they've added in the other episodes yet. So we have to see how everything pans out. But so far, I would say, still a good game. Well, I, am I am I am I going to say it's the best episode? I, no, I cannot say that yet. I do believe the episodes do get better over time as you play these these, these particular episodic uh, adventures. So we'll see what happens. But episode one is, it, it, I would say, it's pretty good. I will have more thoughts on it on the site soon. So so stay tuned for that. But um.
1: That's that's on my list of Games that I want to play right now So I'm I'm definitely going to be picking out You know within the next week or so
0: Oh Definitely Um, Yeah I would recommend it One thing I will give Telltale props on Is that they did release A Twitter graphic earlier this week Where they pretty much announced the release dates Of all the episodes Uh, What is disappointing I will say though It's only four episodes Normally they do five episodes so so people wasn't too happy about that. Um, but I will say at the very least, we do know that we're going to be getting an episode next month, and then episode three is going to happen in November, and the final episode is in December. So it will end this year, for sure, because I know that next year they have to focus on The Wolf Among Us Season 2, which I'm really looking forward to. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely would say it's worth uh, checking out. Um, you could, you know, if you didn't pick up the game prior to it coming out you probably did yourself you know you probably didn't do yourself a favor because they had a deal where if you pre-ordered the c final season you got the whole collection uh free they had that on playstation 4 and xbox one so if anybody who was interested in that didn't take advantage of that deal that's unfortunate but with that said i would just wait because they're probably going to have more sales if you don't need to get it right away because i mean there's a lot of other stuff that's going to be coming out the next couple of months that you might want to save your money on. But again, if you're a Walking Dead fan and you're a Telltale Games fan, then yeah, definitely pick it up as soon as possible. Um, and as I said, I'll have more thoughts on that that game, that episode as well as the rest of the season soon. soon so stay tuned for that. So uh that pretty much concludes what we have been playing. Um, I actually... Just started playing Strange Brigade, so I'll talk about that next week because I literally just started it right before we started recording. So I'll talk about that next week as well. But that's pretty much all we have been playing for this week. So we're going to move right into the uh, news topics. First and foremost, um, we got some news regarding Halo Infinite once again. So basically in an interview, uh, 343 Industries uh, representative jeff easterling pretty much confirmed that halo infinite should be considered halo 6 because it continues master chief story um from halo 5 now uh i um i know that they've already said this in, in the past that it pretty much continues master chief story but now to get the confirmation is, is a good thing uh i can say that uh as i've said many times on this show Halo 5's campaign, I was not a fan of the story at all. I mean, Master Chief was in the story. And what they were setting up with him and Cortana is excellent. So that that was great. What I didn't like about it was it was just too much of Master Locke. You know, I know he was another character that they wanted to focus on, but I felt they focused on him too heavily. And, of course, the majority of the missions throughout the campaign, it was pretty much just him and his team, which I did not like. So... Glad to hear that they are going to focus on Master Chief because I feel his conflict with Cortana, that is a that is an excellent story. Considering their relationship, their history, that's going to be excellent moving forward. Um, so, so Gary, with with this news, um, I know that you don't have an Xbox uh, One. I know that you do have PC. Um, so, I'm assuming that this game is going to be coming to PC as well. Uh, Are you planning on picking up Halo Infinite once
1: it finally releases? Yeah, I'll I'll uh, get Games Pass and you know try it out when it drops and stuff. So I'll I'll do that for sure. And um, you know with this uh, news, I mean, yeah, I mean I guess um people were were kind of already assuming that it was a continuation and stuff like that, and um, it makes sense that this actually is Halo Six, I think it'll probably uh confuse some casual consumers because you know they like things simple and they like to have things numbered to let them know that this really is the continuation and stuff like that so that might throw off some of the casual audience but you know all the diehards and you know the the real fans they they're they're probably gonna you know count this as halo six i guess but um yeah i mean i mean we'll see what they do naming I mean, like, moving forward, I want to see what they do with the naming convention. Like, are they going to just add subtitles from here on instead of the numbers now? Because then what happens when when Halo 7 comes around? Are they going to, like, you know, add the number then again? Because then that would be weird. But, I mean, you know, Microsoft, like I said, they're known for skipping numbers. They did it with Windows. So, you know, maybe they're, they're just trying something new with the game, too. Um... And yeah, I, I feel like more than ever, uh, they they know that Master Chief is the main sell when it comes to Halo. So, you know, remember uh, there was the news story that the TV show is going to focus on Master Chief and that the game absolutely has to as well because that's where the interest in Halo lies. And if they want to grow the Xbox brand and, you know, keep uh, keep it, you know, in people's uh in, in, in people's train of thought and everything then they have to push that master chief narrative and they have to keep you know building on that character and everything so um yeah it makes sense that they're, they're that that's the direction that they're, they're going in
0: oh yeah uh, absolutely uh one thing i did want to say is i know that there are some people that that also would make the argument that they don't need to focus entirely on Master Chief all the time. And and I can understand that argument because I did play Halo Wars 2 last year. Um, and, you know, uh, pretty much the villain that they had in that game, Atriox, that is, was a badass villain. And I was waiting to see if this is a villain that may show up in, in Halo 6 because I think that if he does show up, That'd be a very interesting threat for uh, Master Chief to have to deal with. Um, but the thing about that game is, is that because it's an RTS, a lot of people would look at this game and be like, well, I don't really care about this. I just want to play a regular Halo game. And that is why I don't think that that game got enough attention that it really deserved to get because people looked at it and said, this is something totally different. I'm not interested in this. Um, but I mean, I did spend some time with it and I enjoyed the game I mean very difficult because trying to get over some of that stuff as you get deeper into the game it does get more difficult but once you are able to actually successfully defeat the enemies then it's a really satisfying feeling it feels good but again it's a game that is not for everybody because because it is an RTS so I do believe that it is possible for them to tell Halo stories without using Master Chief but at the same time you know it depends it's all about the execution, because as I said, Halo 5, they really set up something great with Master Chief and Cortana, and even when they had the marketing campaign, because I was one of the people who, when I saw the marketing campaign for Halo 5, and the fact that they, you saw advertisements where you had Spartan Lock face off against Master Chief, yet when you play the game, it's just a little, a small encounter that happens in one of the chapters. And, and obviously Spartan Locke says, oh, well, yeah, obviously I'm no match for, I am no match for Master Chief because he is too powerful. He can kill me. So it it just, it, it ends so abruptly where it's not even really a focal point at all at that point. And then again, they focus so much on Spartan Locke throughout that whole campaign, which is fine. You know, I'm a fan of Mike Coulter. I, I enjoy the work that he's done as Luke Cage, even though I wasn't a huge fan of Luke Cage season two, but, um, I just think, from my standpoint, if I'm trying to get people to pick up a Halo game, Master Chief is a flagship character associated with Xbox brand. So he should be in there, and it should be a focal point at the very least. But with all that said, I think they know because, again, the whole reason why he is the focal point of Halo 6 is because he wasn't a focal point of Halo 5. And 343 has acknowledged that the fans were not happy about that. So I'm not the only one that said that that was a bad direction for them to go in. And this is why they're making the change. So glad to see that the changes are coming to the serious. Um, I look forward to seeing, definitely learning more about Halo Infinite. You know, maybe we might learn more about it next week because, you know, Xbox is going to be at Gamescom next week. They do have a presentation planned. Well, they have some announcements planned uh, Tuesday. I believe they said um, The 21st So definitely looking forward to talking about that next week Because I will be watching closely To see exactly what they do announce Because they did say there will be some new announcements I know there were rumors of a new controller A new uh, Elite controller That's great, that's fine But I want to know what's up with these games That they have coming out So looking forward to talking about that for sure next week But um We'll see what happens with Halo Infinite Um did you have any other thoughts you wanted to say on uh, Halo Infinite
1: no that's, that's that's pretty much it really
0: alright cool cool okay so let's move on to the next news topic and I, I will admit right now uh, what I am going to say might anger some people about this particular topic uh, but let me get into the topic first THQ Nordic um they announced that they have acquired the rights to time splitters okay so here's what i'm gonna say that's gonna anger people i haven't really played time splitters too much i recall playing it one one time that was a long time ago but i don't really remember anything about the series. what made it so popular it was one of those games where i had a friend that also had the game so i had a chance to play it i thought it was pretty cool. But obviously, in my mind, it wasn't cool enough for me to really remember it and think about it. Like, oh, they definitely should bring this back. So, I, I must admit that I'm not really someone who got into the series. Perhaps you might be different, though, Gary. So, tell me what you think about this news in regards to THQ Nordic.
1: Yeah, I uh, I actually um, in uh, I owned Time Splitters two on PS two, and uh, while I. Like, back then, I wasn't really, like, super into FPS games. So, like, the campaign didn't really, uh... Didn't really, like, draw me in much. Like, it it didn't captivate me. But I will say that the split-screen co-op and, you know, the map-maker modes and all all those, like, additional modes that the game had was was pretty neat. Like, and I liked the, the art style as well. Like, it actually it's kind of like overwatch like the art style back then was it was is it's kind of like what overwatch is now kind of thing like you know that kind of uh so like not cel-shaded uh what what is it like like that kind of pixar-esque style you know of of presentation and everything like the, the the cartoony animations but it's also 3d kind of thing like it you know it's got that kind of art style and it was very it was a very fun game. I'll say that it was a fun kind of FPS game. and um, that's what I really liked about it. That's what stood out about it. And I remember like just spending ages creating maps on that game, like crazy maps and stuff just so that I could play them with like my friend because split screen was the thing at that time. Um, so yeah like for 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 those reasons, I really enjoyed time splitters too. And I think it's really cool that they're bringing it back now because that was a loved series. You know, a lot of people love Splitters back then. So um, it's cool that, you know, THQ Nordic is, is buying the rights for it and, and bringing it back, I guess. And one thing I also want to say is THQ Nordic, they're basically trying like they're acquiring a lot of the old things that THQ had, you know, and that's pretty cool because it's like THQ really is making a comeback. And um, uh, if I remember correctly, the way this this started was like uh, THQ Nordic was just kind of like a, a studio that THQ had owned or something like back in the day. And then when this, when when they uh, went out of business, they separated and became their own kind of studio. And then like they acquired the, the rights to the name THQ Nordic and everything. And then now they're they're buying back IPs that THQ had. So it's like. Just the fact that you know they're they're able to carry carry on the THQ legacy and buy back some of the properties, like I find that super cool in itself. You know, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm really championing THQ Nordic right now and what they're doing, and I hope they you know buy some more of the IPs. I mean, it would be great if they could buy back uh, uh, the WWE license and then give it to another developer. That would be great, but I doubt to. 2K is going to give that up, so yeah
0: Well, I I, I have a quite a bit to say about 2K, and I will be talking about that later on tonight on WrestleCast because uh, 2K19 looks like complete garbage but this is that that's a different show we'll get into that later um, I do agree uh, that THQ, I really do like what they're doing as well, uh, I want to give a shout out to Mr. David Jagnell because he was the one that recommended that I checked out uh darksiders um and i did start playing darksiders 1 uh and then i jumped into the second one and i enjoyed that game also so i'm looking forward to darksiders 3 i'm glad that they're actually bringing that back and that is coming out still later this year in case people didn't know um i'm hoping that it sells but i don't know we'll see about that uh but but yeah uh darksiders 3 looking forward to that They've had quite a bit of games that they have been releasing. They still have a lot of stuff coming. Um, some of the, the newer games. Uh, Biomutant also, which is a game that I saw at PAX West last year that everybody was talking about. That game is awesome. Uh, I don't really know what the deal is with that game because it wasn't at E3 because obviously THQ Nordic wasn't there. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But yeah. Uh, they have a lot of great games they have been releasing over you know over time, and then another games that I also reviewed last year, uh, Battle Chasers. That was that was awesome. I enjoyed that as well. And That's another turn based uh, RPG as well. Uh, so um, they they have a lot of great quality titles. So I, I definitely am glad to see what they're doing. As for Time Splitters, as I've already mentioned before, I didn't really get a chance to get into that series, but I absolutely We'll be checking it out, uh seeing, you know, seeing what it has to offer when it does eventually come out. I'm gonna go ahead and make an assumption that because they acquired the rights to it, uh you may not see a new entry in the series until the, the, the newer consoles come out. I wanna say maybe twenty twenty one or something like that. I mean, I don't know how far they are as far as thinking about doing it on another game in the series, but um I definitely will give it a chance when it does come out. So looking forward to seeing what that has what's in store with that but uh the fact that you said that it reminds you of overwatch uh we know you definitely will be picking that up day
1: one i mean we'll we'll have (laughs) to see what they do with it because i'm sure there's going to be a lot of changes made because it's probably going to be like new uh developers i'm trying to remember the name of the developer back then but I i can't quite remember um but yeah um I think it's going to be like a little different. I mean, they'll probably try and keep the same sort of like a comedic cartoony kind of style, but I don't think it's going to be exactly the same as it, as it once was. And it just kind of, you know, thinking back to it, it just kind of reminds me of Overwatch a little bit, like just the way the presentation of it. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would do that now. They'll probably change it up a little bit just to make it fresh. So yeah i that's, guess we'll wait
0: and see oh yeah that's that, that's that's definitely possible yeah we'll certainly wait and see how that how that pans out but uh yeah two thumbs up to, to thq nordic for bringing a lot of these uh series back so uh
1: um someone in the chat actually said um if it comes out it's going to be the the next lawbreakers uh let's hope that doesn't happen <laughs>
0: Man, that is a horrible game to be associated with. Unless, of course, you're going to be more successful than Lawbreakers. But yes, that's a uh, that's a good one. That's a good that's a good joke. I have to give him credit for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, let's move on to the next topic. I want to try to combine these two topics because uh, it is about numbers. Okay, okay. So first and foremost, let's talk about Nintendo. Uh, it was reported that Nintendo has sold 700 million gaming systems. Since 1983, <sighs> Ooh. Well, I hate to date myself, but 1983—that uh, is a year after I was born. So if you do the math, you can then now you'll know how old I am. But uh, that's a long time. Seven hundred million systems, eh? Hmm, interesting. So the question you wanted to ask, Gary, is which one is okay? Which system is is uh, my favorite or, or our favorites? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go to you first, Gary, because I'm, I'll be fascinated to know what your answer is because a lot of people that we know within our uh, close knit circle say you don't play Nintendo games, so I want to hear what your answer to this question is first.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, am not a huge Nintendo guy, you know, admittedly. Um, but you know, th- throughout the ages, you know, I, I have dabbled in nintendoism so um you know I, I, the very first console that i actually had was a NES, you know uh, a nintendo entertainment system so that was my first console so i mean those people that criticized me you know that was my first console the, the, the nez um and i remember i recall playing a lot of uh, super mario bros and duck hunt on that one uh, those were pretty much the only two games i had back then and i remember having to blow the cartridges like all the time um and i mean uh i had friends who owned the super nintendo and then i remember having a game boy uh that was when i fell in love with pokemon um and i didn't own anything else nintendo until 3ds um so i mean my favorite is it's definitely hard because you know i i would want to say NES just based off nostalgia but that's really not the case it's not i don't consider it the best nintendo system that i own um or my favorite so i i have to go 3ds to be honest with you because i feel like i've had more uh experiences and the library on the 3ds is is so huge and there's so much quality in that library um it's it's close between that and game boy for me uh game boy is where i first fell in love with pokemon and and rpgs so um that you know that system i hold it close to to my heart but i'm gonna go 3ds you know handheld device just because there, there's so much on that system and you know I, I it made me fall back in love with pokemon again um and yeah i uh, and there's a bunch of Final Fantasy stuff that I played on there, like the the, the tiered Tridham games where you can play the, the Final Fantasy music and you have to hit the notes and everything. Um, I love those games, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with um the 3DS as my pick. But um, I know a lot of people are going to be annoyed because they're like, wow, you, you didn't say Snares or you didn't say GameCube or Nintendo 64. Yeah, I didn't own any of those unfortunately i had friends that owned them and you know i used to play them at my friends houses and, and stuff like that but yeah I, I didn't own those and i'm i'm not ashamed of that so
0: i totally understand that that's that's quite alright um and if you and i were friends when we were kids i would have been the friend that had everything um so i know i will say growing up as a kid you know our job primarily was to do good in school, get good grades, and if we did that, then uh, the reward would be we would get whatever we wanted in terms of games, when, when possible, of course. But yeah, I've played every Nintendo console, uh, you know, Sega, Sony, PlayStation, everything. Um, so, to come up with the idea of the favorite Nintendo console, this is this is very tough for me, because I've I mean, I enjoyed the N64. I enjoyed the Super Nintendo. um, But in my mind, and of course, even the Game Boy, you know, the original Game Boy, because I used to play the WWE Superstars game on that original Game Boy where there was no color, of course, the Game Boy color, all of that stuff. But um, if I have to narrow it down to the system that is by far my favorite Nintendo system, I have to go with the original Nintendo. Only because... That that system is, you know, the legacy behind that system is so important for many reasons. Uh, you can make the argument that if the Nintendo never actually came out, a lot of these other companies making systems now probably would not have even took took this this venture to actually do get get into this this whole business. But I say the original Nintendo because of all of the excellent experiences that I've had on that system. Um, I recall that I did play uh I mean, I got a lot of the accessories, so of course, Duck Hunt with the guns and stuff, we, we, we played that. It uh, was a marathon game as well that came out a long time ago, a triathlon. I guess, I don't really remember the name of the game, but I know that there was a running pad that me and my brother used to be running on that pad as we were playing the game because that was a requirement. Um, Power Glove, of course, used that on a ton of games. Um... And then I've also played the bad Nintendo games like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the uh, Friday the 13th games. Yeah, but it it was all in great fun. All in great fun. Of course, Zelda, Mario, all of those games as well. Um, But to me, I I still think that Nintendo system because that was essentially what got me into gaming. That was like one of the first systems that I picked up when I was a kid. That really got me into gaming and it, it caused me to think about a lot of different things. At that point, you weren't able to play online with anyone else everything you were just playing at home locally and with a friend if the if the friend decided to come over so it's a different type of experience but i've had so many experiences on that main original nintendo system it's hard for me to put any of the system above that um but again i enjoyed super nintendo i enjoyed the nintendo 64 you know everything that nintendo has to has to offer and i do have a switch now Although, I haven't really found a reason to really use the Switch right now, because I, I didn't get a chance to play Zelda when it came out. Um, I did pick, pick up Mario, Super Mario Odyssey. That was a good game. I had a friend that also had that, so I got a chance to, to also see it in that in those regards, but eventually I will pick up the Switch and play some stuff on it. I just haven't really had a reason to at the moment, because I've been busy on PlayStation and, and Xbox. But um, with that said... Yeah, the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, I would have to say that's by far my favorite system still to this very day, Um, only because of all of the different games that I was able to play on the system. Um, But, yeah, that's my thoughts. So, um... Good pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, you definitely should uh, get a chance to, uh, if you ever get a chance to Do some retro system shopping, pick up a Nintendo and, uh, check out some of the games
1: they have. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually, I want to get the, uh, the mini SNES and the mini NES, you know, just for nostalgia. And because I never actually owned a SNES, you know, so I want to, you know, at least get that and play, you know, replay some bit. I mean, I I did actually play a lot of SNES games, you know, over the years, like, you know, whether all my friends' consoles, or you know by other means later on but yeah um, like yeah I do want to get those mini systems though so maybe that's something I'll do you know within uh, the next few months or so you know get both of those because I think there there's more of them that were manufactured now so I think they're easier to to get hold of so I might get those
0: that's a good idea yeah I mean, yeah if you can find it that it is yeah it's a great idea um and one other thing i want to mention uh to go along with sales because there was some other news that that came out uh you know i believe it was the other day and that is that playstation vr has now reached three million in sales so i know gary you said on this show i believe um not completely convinced in playstation vr so what are your thoughts now that you've heard this number about the it's hit 3 million in sales
1: wait the the psvr hit 3 million in sales yes so (laughs) 3 million people bought it to to play two games like (laughs) like, how many games like there's i don't know there's not it doesn't seem like there's a lot of content for that you know peripheral but um yeah, I mean, more power to them, you know, I mean, that's, it's cool. Uh, I guess, I guess PSVR is like the entryway level into VR because I guess it costs the least because Vive and, uh, the Rift, they're pretty pricey. And plus you need a PC too, like a high end PC to, to get, you know, the full exp- experience out of them. So I mean, the, the PSVR is the entry. Level into you know VR Unless you're doing it on a mobile Or you know um, uh, I mean what else is there I think that's it So yeah unless you're, you're using A mobile because there's various headsets For mobile and stuff like that I think um, I think that's probably the entry level thing But I just feel like Sony hasn't Really done a good job in supporting it So I'm I'm surprised that They can sell 3 million without Doing a good job even promoting It or putting Content out for it, so um yeah. I mean, that's cool. More power to them.
0: I I I honestly think that the uh when they started to have a lot of those sales where the system at one point was one ninety nine for a limited time, those sales definitely helped uh, to influence these numbers. I I would say because I I also would have to be critical and say that there still hasn't been enough content to really justify somebody having a PlayStation VR in my personal opinion now I do know we have a colleague on staff Mr. Kennedy that I believe does have PlayStation VR and he got it for Resident Evil 7 uh, which is a great game it's an awesome game but um, in terms of the exclusive content for PlayStation VR it 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 has been off to a very slow start um, last year we went to PSX there was a ton of, of very promising uh, games that that are coming to PlayStation VR, but they're not, they're not all out yet. I know Firewall Zero Hour, uh, that's a game that uh, Tatiana actually wrote a preview on the site uh, from PSX. That game is actually coming out in like two weeks. And that game is pretty much like Rainbow Six, but it's all uh, VR. That game was actually pretty fun um, to play at PSX. But um, it's like I said before, they have a lot of great games that we saw. Another game we did see, Mr. Lugo and I, Blood and Truth, which is pretty much like a spy type of type of game. And it, it's a lot of movement that you have to do when you have that headset on. You know, all types of movement and shooting bad guys. That game was awesome. Uh, but that game is not out yet either. Now, it is supposed to come out this year. But... um. The point that I'm getting at is that there's a lot of games that are coming to PlayStation VR, but I haven't seen all of those games yet. And I think once those games come out, and that we are seeing that they are actually starting to support the device, then I can see okay, it it, it probably will do better in sales at that point. But for right now, I I, I have to believe, you know, and there may be some people that maybe everyone I say this. I definitely believe that those those sales on the actual hand the device. That definitely helped the sales numbers, no no doubt about it. Um, but I don't really think that there has been quite enough content yet. But I have seen that there is content coming, so we will see what happens with that device moving forward. The only reason why I haven't yet picked up a PlayStation VR is because I was one of those people who picked up a PlayStation Vita. And we know how that ended, because the support for the Vita just it wasn't there. You know, I thought when Sony released that device, they were going to release games exclusive to the Vita from the first-party studios. And then they made a couple of games. The only game I recall they really made for the full Vita was their Killzone game. It was the actual developer that made that game. But then games like the Uncharted game, that wasn't made from actual Naughty Dog. It was another company. I believe the company that, that that is actually working on Days Gone Now, they made that game. So... Stuff like that threw me off because I thought they were going to have their first-party studios working on stuff for Vita, and that wasn't wasn't the case. Um, at least for PlayStation VR, um, they are making a better effort in doing that uh, for PlayStation VR. I just haven't really seen enough yet to say, oh, I absolutely need to get a PlayStation VR ASAP. But um, hopefully that changes. Um, we'll see what happens. But they do have some stuff coming. For those that do have PlayStation VR right now, know that there is some stuff coming because we have seen some stuff that just i can't give you any definitive release dates on any of this stuff but there is some games coming so we'll see but uh any final thoughts on either one of these topics before we move on to the next topic
1: no i just feel like sony needs to they they need to you know do more to promote PSVR and the games that are coming out on them because it's like I agree. Just, you know they 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 spend all their time promoting the AAA games for PS4, but they never shine any light on those games that you just mentioned. So they need I to agree do a better job on that.
0: I I, I, I I agree, and 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 to go along with that, it, it, they don't just spend the money on advertising the major third-party titles. They also put a lot of that money on their own exclusives because i know i'm pretty sure you saw the images circulating of what they're doing with spider-man now in new york city where they have a design on one of the trains oh, yeah. um, in, in the actual subway so i think what, well, well, damn that's a lot of money spent you know i'm pretty sure marvel helped with that obviously and maybe sony to an extent but that's a lot of money spent on this game. Uh, but yet this game coming out, this firewall zero hour game, I haven't seen any, hardly any advertising for any of this game. And this game is out in like two weeks. So, um, yeah, they, they definitely should. I think if you're going to make the investment in, in making, and making games for this particular device, you definitely need to do a better job of communicating to people. Now, I know I've seen posts on the PlayStation blog that'll say we have all these games coming to PlayStation VR. That's fine, but if you want to Highlight specific games You probably should go the extra mile And advertise and market These games so people know that they're actually Coming, so I agree with you 100% there Yeah I, I just want to
1: yeah, yeah, my bad My bad, yeah, okay. feedback there But yeah, um, why, I just want to say Why didn't they do That Spider-Man thing on the trains When I was in NYC Because I, I was- <laughs> I want to see that in person, man. Like that, it, it looks amazing.
0: So. Oh, yeah, you no, know, man you 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 came you came about a couple weeks too too early, I guess. Um, so, but yeah, it, it, it looks awesome. You know, we we were at E3. They had a screen, and I know that this was online. They actually had a screen. Well, they, they painted the Spider Man logo on a building, but then they also had a screen outside of the uh, Ritz Carlton Hotel uh, that's just showing Spider you know footage of Spider Man. So that was awesome too so you know doubt about it the marketing campaign is high on stuff like this god of war uh i'm pretty sure it's going to be high on days gone and of course last of us part two but yeah they definitely should allocate some of that money to advertising the playstation vr games as well now i understand it's a playstation vr game it's probably going to be a little harder to advertise that but there has to be a way to advertise it to at least let people know this is coming. To give people a better idea of what it is. Because again, I'm pretty sure they can put a video out on their YouTube or what have you. To advertise the game or to just give you a behind the scenes look. But I think they got to go a step beyond that. And find a way to advertise it. Because some people don't even know about some of these games I've mentioned. As you said, some people don't even know about some of these games. Uh, I know Blood and Truth. When I saw that game at PSX last year, I was like, holy shit, this, this looks awesome. Um, But I was wondering, where is the marketing For this game? And hopefully they are going To market that when the time comes They'll be able to actually put it out there In front of people's eyes a little bit more But um, I just think If you're going to really get behind This device, you have to also do A better job of marketing the games That are coming to it, so people know What is coming to the device But again, because it is such a reasonable price point compared to the competition. A lot of people just say, well, I'm picking it up anyway. It doesn't really matter. I don't really matter about what's coming to it at that point in time. But yeah, they definitely gotta do a better job with uh making it clear what's actually coming to it. I, I think personally. But we'll see we'll see which path they decide to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So uh we're gonna move on now to some of the final two topics for today. Obviously, last week uh, we spoke about uh, you know Doom maternal because at that point QuakeCon was going on, so we felt we wanted to definitely talk about that since the keynote was that same day. So since then, Bethesda has had a uh, quite of other news stories uh, pop up. First and foremost, uh, and you can can you know speak more about this particular story. Bethesda announced that they have changed their review policy. Um, so, Gary, feel free to let us all know more about this particular story Because I, I haven't really done too much research on this But I yeah, I heard they did change their re- re- review policy Because people were complaining about it So please feel free to elaborate on this further
1: Yeah, so the backstory for people who are not familiar um, A couple years back, I think it was 2016 uh, they, they announced something that actually affected us a lot as well but basically they uh this was like i think this was the year fallout 4 came out uh they they actually uh announced that you know they're, they're no longer going to be sending media um advanced copies of their games and you know this of course led to um all media sites including the big ones like ign you know, they, they, they didn't get Bethesda games until the week of release. And this meant that, you know, um, you uh, a lot of those big sites, they want that review up. You know, they want that review up on the day because uh, they want that traffic. You know, any site that doesn't have it day one is missing out on traffic. So they're going to try and put something out, but at the same time, there's the mix games that are like 60 to 70 to, to 100 hours even you know so it's like they had to rush to get this stuff up and it wasn't you know all the way accurate there was no way possible that they could you know cover everything in the game uh, because it actually just released you know so um that's why you, you that's I think that's when you really start to see a lot of reviewing progress and stuff like that because um, people couldn't you know they, they couldn't do a realistic full uh thorough review of a game when it just came out but they wanted to put something up in the meantime you know just so that people can get uh the first impressions you know of the uh of the game and everything um so yeah but there's to change their policy you know so that because they were tired of uh, uh i mean what was the actual reason i can't remember now i think it was like uh
0: well, well I, if I recall something they said, they didn't really think that the reviews really made a difference. I believe they, they had a comment in there where, where they thought that whenever a review was done, it was posted. Uh, it, it sometimes didn't really reflect. Uh, maybe they thought that there were some reviews that were inaccurate because yeah. one thing, one thing we know about Bethesda is they release a lot of patches. So when you get the day one patch, the game might be a, 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 a dramatically different depending oh, on yeah, what yeah. game it
1: is yeah so, that, that was definitely one of the, the
0: reasons yeah. yeah so 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 uh I think um I mean one thing I want to say about the story I, I I did find it interesting uh, I, I I can go ahead and reveal this on the show you know so we can be very transparent we have gotten some games early uh recently um not too early maybe you'll get it the day before release which is the policy but then like it, it depends on the game like a game like Elder Scrolls online and they did say this in the same article Uh that is something that you have to get out you know it depends on when the servers go up and in, in the case of that we did get some of that stuff a little bit early uh, because the servers went up early but you can't do that for every single game like last year the Evil Within 2 we got that right, right around right before launch um, and that is, again, one of those games where they kept the policy intact. So they, they obviously will change the policy around, you know, any which way they think that they can. I think when they have a newer title coming, like, uh, for example, Starfield, a game that they know is a new, new IP and they may not be entirely sure how it's going to do. They might release that a little early, but I don't really know how early, you know, because, again... Some of these games we get the week of release, maybe a few days or something, something like that, so, something to that effect. We've never, never gotten a game so early, we're like a month early, no, ne- never never that early. But with this particular game, that might come early because they want, if it is a good game and they feel confident about it being a, a great game, they may want the word to get out there so, so that other people know because it is a new IP, you know. I don't think they're just going to assume everybody will just pick it up. Day one, but then again, they may not be concerned about
1: that. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it, it just depends. It just depends. So go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I guess in that case scenario, you have to kind of make uh, some level of adjustment, you know, to account encounter for the, the the type of game it is. You know, if it's an online game and things of that nature. So there are instances where they kind of have to, you know, give you it a little earlier, or you know. Not so early. It it depends. It's situational. But with regards to that, this actual news topic, um, so they, they made, they actually made a statement and said that they've adjusted their review policy now. Um, and one of the reasons they gave for doing this is that, um, they were tired of reviewers stating that they didn't get the, the, the game early enough. So I guess when they changed their policy initially, People were, you know, people kept repeatedly saying in their review, you know, I I didn't, we we didn't get the game early enough. So this review, you know, is not fully detailed or whatever. And Bethesda got tired of seeing that in all the reviews. So because of that, they've kind of backtracked now and they're making adjustments to their policy. And now they are starting to send out more advanced copies, like, you know, like you said um, a little bit. So yeah. um, And, I just want to say one thing. Like, we said back then that this was a bad idea. You know, we said, like, you, you can't, like, you, 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 we, as reviewers, we have to give our readers accurate information. And when are people going to be looking for reviews? They're going to be looking for it when the game comes out. So to to you know, to help people out to help consumers out and everything, we have to have something up. you know we have to we absolutely have to have something up the week it comes out so that consumers will know whether they should buy the game or shouldn't buy the game based on people's opinions and the general consensus. So you know it was never a good idea to just say, look, we're not sending out advanced copies, you guys get it on the day of release or whatever like because that just leads to, us not being able to give fully accurate information on the game because there's no possible way we can review a 60-hour game, you know, or the day it comes out and stuff. So, uh, you know, we can't complete the game in in one day. So, yeah, this was always a bad idea. And, of course, people are going to start saying in their review that they didn't have time to, to, you know, fully play the game because they have to get something out that day. Something has to be up. The day of release or the day before or whenever the embargo is like all the big sites they they want something up because if you don't have something up you're missing out on that traffic plain and simple and they don't want to miss out on that traffic they they need that ad revenue so you know this was always going to be a bad idea um and i don't know why they implemented that policy in the first place but it's good to see that you know now they're they're you know they're changing their philosophy a little bit and they're open to sending out early reviews again because uh, that's you know people think that you know we just sit around wanting to get games early just because you know just because we you know we want to brag about it or because we love games that we just want to get games early or whatever but that's not the case like to, to be able to do our job as enthusiasts and journalists and everything we have to get these games in advance so that we can put out accurate information about the game so it, it's you know is absolutely necessary.
0: I agree, one hundred percent. It is absolutely necessary. Um, and and one other thing I will add is, uh, you know, as you already mentioned, every situation is a situation. Well, every situation, it, you know, it changes. Um, I do think that as other games start to release around the time that a Bethesda game would release. Then I, I, I and they decide to and they do decide to go the route of sending out review, review copies earlier. I think that makes a lot of sense because again, you know, I know last year uh, one and this 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 is a pretty good example. Last year, uh, October twenty seventh, to be exact, we had three major games dropping that day. You had Super Mario Odyssey, um, you had Wolfenstein Two, and Assassin's Creed Origins all on the same day. Now, obviously, at that point in time, uh, if, you, if, I, if I was to go back and look, I believe we received Wolfenstein maybe a day or so before launch. But with Assassin's Creed, that 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 game was out. I mean, the reviews, the review embargo lifted from that well ahead of, ahead of that schedule, and the same thing with Mario. So, I think in that particular instance, Bethesda releasing the game at that time is it's fine, you know, because. The reviews were already out for Mario and Assassin's Creed, so people already knew that those games were were, were, were pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, But but with, you know, the Wolfenstein game, though, it's a a whole different policy at that point, you know. But you're basically going into it if you're a Wolfenstein fan. Like, I was a Wolfenstein fan, so I didn't mind that there weren't any reviews. I already knew when I saw the trailer, I'm going to get this game. But for them to think everybody will think that way... I mean, I think that they definitely had to rethink that because when you do have a situation like that where you have so many games coming out at once, you definitely may have to pick and choose what you want to get because even if you get something, you may not necessarily have all the time to complete all of those games at the same time. And that was a very, very ridiculous day with that because all those games were out. It's like, you definitely had to make two choices about what you want to play. I know I didn't get a chance to really get around to Odyssey until later, Because I wanted to spend all my time on Wolfenstein and then I played some of Assassin's Creed, but I never went back to that because it was just so many other games that I also had to jump into. But um, yeah, in in regards to them changing the the review policy, totally fine with that. I I think um, they're still going to fluctuate it. You know, I'm not going to say they're going to release every game early because I don't think they're going to do that with with every single game. Uh, I'll be curious to see... What happens with Fallout 76? Because, again, this is an online game, so I'm expecting that to definitely come out, for them to, to send that out to reviewers like the day before, if not the day of release, because they got to turn the server on at that time unless they're going to have the servers on earlier for a specified period of time. But um, we'll just have to wait and see about that, because, I mean, that is their big November release. Um, that's a game which I'm pretty sure... Everybody is going to be picking up in November. Um, that is, if they have time to play it, if they have already completed Red Dead Redemption 2, but we'll see. But um, any other thoughts on the Bethesda review policy change before we move on to uh, the final topic?
1: Uh, well, someone in the chat saying, um, you know, they they don't feel like uh, day one reviews are that essential Because if a person is planning on uh, Buying a game Day one then they, they're they Going to do it anyway regardless of the review Or whatever because they're already committed um, I just want to say to that That um, it, it doesn't Have to be day one because it's like Okay Fall, Fallout 76 comes out on On a Tuesday right
0: mm-hmm.
1: And it, if you don't get that game In advance as a reviewer you're probably not going to have an accurate review up for another few days you know at least like three days maybe or something like that you know uh, however long it's going to take you to do all the side quests and the main quest and all that stuff you know so it's going to be a few days realistically to get a fully detailed review and accurate review up you know um, you can have a review in progress which is basically just impressions but um you know to get a full detailed review you're gonna need three days or or something like that now in that three day span there's going to be people who are like uh you know what there's a new fallout game out or maybe they see a banner or a poster or something or a billboard of the game and they're like oh there's a new fallout game let me go and see what people are saying about it so there are going to be people like that you know um now obviously there are going to be people who are already committed, already locked in And they're going to pre-order it Or they're going to get it day one, guaranteed No matter what reviews say And that's not the type of gamer we're, we're talking about here We're talking about that gamer that's You know, uh, some of them are casual Some are just, you know, maybe not Observing every, every game That's coming out, or maybe they forgot That it's coming out, and they see the ad For it, and they're like, oh, I wonder what people Are saying about that, let me go and search on Google And see what people are saying about it So you know, the, you're always going to have those type of gamers. Not every gamer is the same. You know, um, I mean, here I am, you know, I, I co-own the, the, the coalition with Rich. And sometimes I'm looking to see what people are saying about certain games. Like World of Warcraft, I looked up to see what people were saying about, you know, the, the new expansion before I decided that I want to play it again. You know, before I wanted to play WoW again. So I, I watched a ton of videos about that. So it's like you know, there's different gamers and there's different situations and scenarios all the time. So uh, reviews are very important and significant.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And one one thing I will well, two two points I want to add uh, real quick. Um, I think it's just, I think it's they are especially important for a you know indie game companies because they you know obviously. When we, you know, we've been in this, we've been in this industry for a while now. You see, a lot of the attention goes towards the, the major mainstream titles, and the indie titles don't really get too much attention, unless of course it just depends on the situation. Like if you take Cuphead, for example. Microsoft, they did an excellent job making sure that they got attention on that particular game. And then the game sold itself because of the art style and just how fantastic everything looked. So that's a different situation. But there are a lot of other indie titles out here that may not have the backing of Microsoft or Sony. And they could be solid games all around. But obviously, you won't know this until you see impressions on it or review or some type of preview on it. Um, and, and other, other than that then the game will just get overlooked uh, because it's a smaller game in a world full of other bigger games that have more attention on them so I think the reviews are definitely important depending on the developer especially for the indie game in, indie developers I think the reviews, previews impressions are highly important because that gets more attention on their particular products but um, in the case of Bethesda Like one thing I did, I do want to say is I'm very, very curious to see what happens with Fallout 76 because we already know it's not going to be on Steam. So this is a situation where I'm going to be very curious to see how it is received, how they handle the review policy for that. Because I think there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people that don't like the fact that it's not on Steam. And I think that Bethesda deciding not to put it on Steam is a very big deal. So I'm very curious to see. I mean, they're obviously very confident in their product, as they should be. But I'm curious to see how launch, how, how well that, that launch goes. I mean, how, how well the launch goes for that particular game. And then the impressions that people are going to have about it. Because that's one game where it's, it is it, it is a very interesting situation they put themselves in with that. But uh you had anything you wanted to say about that, because I know you are a Fallout fan. You played Fallout 4. You enjoyed it, so...
1: Yeah, um, I definitely have something to say about that Steam thing. So hold that thought. Um, yeah. but I, one thing I wanted to say, just to, to to carry on with the significance of reviews, um, I guarantee you, Dead Cells been out for you know it's been out for a year, PC or whatever. Yeah. I, but I guarantee you, there were people who didn't know about that game until that whole. Con- controversy happen so that tells you <laughs> right there the significance that that reviews have like because that put a whole lot of people onto what dead cells even is and so
0: you're right about yeah. that yeah uh-huh. yeah because i've seen everybody talk about that even people who don't talk about video games talk about that so you're right
1: <laughs> yeah so with regards to fallout 76 and steam um I'm not sure what's going on because I thought I saw a report uh, recently that saying that they might put it on Steam later on or something like that. But I yeah, do but... want to I do want to say one thing because um, they basically they're doing this because they they want to release Fallout on their their own Bethesda app. Mm-hmm. And I do have this Bethesda app, you know, because it, it has Quake and it has some of their other stuff. But I want to say that this uh, the the Bethesda app is not that popular and it's not that great Like it's not you know it's not comparable to the Blizzard app it's not comparable to EA Origin it's not comparable to Steam it's just not the same like this, and this is getting out of hand with every single publisher making their own app for their own games and stuff because then it's like you got to install all these different apps like people, people like Steam because it's simplified like they can get everything they need in one app you know, they, they've got a huge, gigantic library. It's just a case of clicking on a game and pressing play. And it's all right there, you know. So I, I feel like this whole creating your own app thing is getting out of hand. It works for, for Blizzard because they've got a legacy on PC already. And like, it's like, you know, um, they've, they've always had their own games connected. And, you know, like it, it within their own. Um, ecosystem, like it's always been like that for them, and now they're starting to put Activision stuff in there too, which is cool. And so it already works for them because it's like they've got stuff that people already played, and you know everything like that. And it, you know, I see Blizzard as one of those companies that can get away with it. EA is like that too, but Bethesda, like a lot of their previous games, yes, they they've been on PC, you know, throughout uh, you know decades or whatever, but. They, I feel like they built up a lot of their PC momentum by being on Steam in the first place. Like, because Steam was always the place you could get the Bethesda games, and you can add your mods and everything like that. So it's like taking it away from Steam is a bit like, you know, what what the hell? Because I have like uh, a lot of Bethesda games in Steam, so I don't want to like have to buy Fallout on a separate app now. Because it's like I want I want it all together, you know. So. Yeah, I think I think that's gonna annoy a lot of people because you're forcing people to use your app when they might not want to. But um, hopefully, you know, eventually they'll uh, they'll put it they'll actually put that out on on Steam because I think they really should.
0: Yeah, I I, I I I honestly think, like you just said, their app is not popular. This is probably their strategy to get more people to use the app to get it popular and. I will say it is a wise strategy because you know Fallout is a popular franchise, but whether or not it actually ultimately works—that's uh, why I said I'm curious to see if it, if it will if it will encourage people to actually use their app more. At least those that are picking up the game, uh, you know, that are not going to pick it up on PS PS4 or Xbox One. But uh, we'll have to see about that. But um, I will give, like I said, I'll give I'll give Bethesda props on. What they're trying to do what they're trying to change i mean when we went to the bethesda uh you know event that they had at e3 for their presentation that had to be you know in my opinion that had to be i think the second best uh event that we went to as far as the presentations go um i still think the sony is number one on that list because of what they offered i mean the actual e3 conference some people would would say, no, that wasn't as great, and I would agree. I still think Microsoft had the best E3 showing, but in terms of what they had to to offer people afterward, yeah, I have to give them props for that. But um, Bethesda, yeah, they had a great show afterward also. So um, They're doing a great job in terms of the games that that they're making, so we'll have to just uh, sit back and see how all this works out. But uh, in regards to Fallout 76, like I said, I cannot wait to see what happens with that particular game because everybody was excited for that. So um, we'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see.
0: So uh, the final topic for today, to segue right into it, and we're already talking about Bethesda, so um, let's go ahead and let's address this particular issue here. There is a game coming out, I believe this is coming out next year, correct? Um, Elder Scrolls Legends. Um, I believe it is going to be a, a it's, it, it's a game that is going to be on PlayStation, it's going to be on Xbox, but in a recent interview that, that uh, Bethesda had, I believe Pete Hines mentioned that they are working with Sony and really trying to emphasize to Sony that they definitely need to have cross-play, uh, because this is a game that will be significantly, it, 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 it's in need of, it's, in need, it's, in, it's, it's definitely in need of that feature. And to quote Pete Hines, I, I believe they said that if this is if Sony doesn't decide to implement cross-play, well, then perhaps this game might not be on the platform. But then they also said, well, no, we're still finding a way to work with Sony to make sure that this game is on their platform and that there is some type of workaround for cross-play. So this ultimatum that Bethesda is basically presenting to Sony – what are your thoughts on this particular uh topic because I know we've spoken about crossplay many times on this particular show. Um, but I want to get I want to get your thoughts first. What do you think about this new situation that Bethesda is bringing to light?
1: I think more companies should do this. Like more companies should should approach Sony or you know make public statements and be like, "Look Sony, you need to, you know, sort your sort your your network out and let us do crossplay. Like you need to you need to allow it, stop being petty And let us do our thing Because I, I completely agree I side with Bethesda on this Because um, I would like if I could uh, You know, like have My my Blizzard Overwatch account You know, if I could um, Have all the same skins And all the, you know, same stuff that I've Unlocked on PC, if I could carry that To the PS4 version That would be great, you know, but like Because they don't allow you to connect Your account across platform uh like like we discovered with the Fallout fiasco i mean not Fallout um Fortnite fiasco um yeah like because they 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 don't allow that like that's a huge problem because companies like Bethesda they want to uh make like their their own uh ecosystem essentially um where they're not trying to take away money from Sony like cuz you still have to buy the game you still have to buy the DLC on the Sony platform but it's like they want you know if you if you're let's say you're buying cosmetics or in this case on older scores legends let's say you're buying some cards or some decks or you know wherever uh, they're offering in the game it is it's more convenient for the player to just have to buy that stuff once and then you know they can they can carry that over to another device like because this is a game that's going to be on your phone so it's cool if you play fallout legends on your phone and you know you unlock some cool stuff, and then uh, maybe you want to play it on your PS4 instead, and then you've still got all that same stuff, you know, on your PS4. Like that's that's what companies want players to be able to do. But Sony's getting in the way of that just because they don't want any crossplay whatsoever, and that that is super petty right there. Um, especially when they're the only ones that's not allowing it. Um, every other company is is allowing it to happen and sony is the only one so i think more companies need to to do this and they need to stand up and say look sony you know if you don't let us do this then we're we're just not going to publish our game on your platform and eventually sony will panic and they will change something i think we even uh i think sean Layden made a a statement when the fortnite thing happened because they got a lot of negative press at the tail end of e3 because of that and sean Layden, he had to be like okay um you know, he gave like a, a BS statement like just to throw people off for the time being like he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, we we'll, we'll, we'll look into that. We'll maybe that's something we'll do." You no, know, he gave he, he he hit people with that kind of statement um and um I think that was just his way of like just, you know, um throwing the press a bone to 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 get them off his case, you know, until like the next event or something like that. So um I hope that they're actually, you know, working on Something to where they they can allow crossplay because they are selling like uh, the most consoles right now. They're at 500 million or whatever it is. So they need to, you know, it, they can't let this drag them down because Nintendo's selling well. Uh, Xbox sales are picking up. Like they can't let this be the one thing that stops people buying their console because you know they they want to crossplay. So yeah, they need to sort that out for real. Uh,
0: I I agree 100% with a lot of what you had to say. Um, I think, um, I mean, I applaud Bethesda for basically putting it out there and saying that this is a game that needs cross-play, and if it's not cross-play on PlayStation 4, then maybe it shouldn't be on PlayStation 4. I applaud them for saying that. But one thing I will say, and I'm, I'm going to keep it real. And some people might, might not like this this answer. Um, I don't really know if the Elder Scrolls Legends is a big enough game for them to be concerned about this. I do agree that they definitely need to fix this issue because they're still recovering from the Fortnite thing. And apparently Fortnite is, is a massive deal because a lot of people who I know, who I've known for most of my life, they don't necessarily play video games, but they are all now anxious to play Fortnite for some reason, which I, I don't really understand. But I will say this: um, I don't, I, you know, this Elder Scrolls Legends game. I mean, I've only seen a little bit of it. I haven't really had a chance to really test it out or anything like that. But I do think it coming on on platforms is great. The crossplay is is a function that is needed for this particular game. So Sony should definitely look into it. But I do think that you know him leaving the door open behind saying that we're still going to find a way to work around it and get get it to work with PlayStation 4 is is fine but I, I do think it's going to possibly take a bigger I want to say a bigger game a bigger publisher for them to come out and say that now for example if Rockstar said Red Dead Redemption 2 we want this to be cross-play with Xbox, and if you don't if you don't agree to that, then we will will not be on PlayStation Four. I think without a doubt, before Rockstar says we says before 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 Rockstar says we can't Sony will be like okay no 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 hold on hold on hold on yes we will do cross-play Red, Red Dead Redemption 2, and they have the deal with uh, the marketing deal with uh, Rockstar for that game. So obviously, hell yes, they will say yes to that. But I think it's going to take a bigger game being in jeopardy of not coming to PlayStation Four. I think that's what's going to make Sony be like, okay, we gotta, we, we definitely have to implement this crossplay feature now, because to me, I mean, don't get it twisted, Elder Scrolls Online is great. Uh, this Elder Scrolls Legends game, though, I don't really know if this is a major, major title that's going to push the envelope and make them say yes. It, 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 it it's definitely got them. You know they may do something because of the backlash from Fortnite, and they don't want this to be something that continues onward. But again, I think it's going to take a bigger title. Um, so we'll have to see about that. Uh, but obviously, the fact that this news is now coming out here, and a lot of people have been saying this, Sony needs to do something. Um, at some point, they're going to have to do something. Because as it continues, this is this is another game that now people are going to be like, why isn't this crossplay? This crossplay thing is an issue, so they definitely have to address it at some point in time. I don't know what the workaround is going to be if they do not decide to do crossplay for this game. But um, now that you got Bethesda talking about this, th- this is an issue. You, you definitely going to have to look into this because if it happens a third time and it's with a bigger, bigger publisher. Uh, that's going to be an issue for Sony. So um, we have to see how they go about handling the situation, but they absolutely positively are going to have to look into this further. Agreed. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, (laughs) So one final question I want to ask you is, uh, (laughs) um, I mean, I've already mentioned well, yeah, we didn't talk about this. Uh, we probably should talk about this as well with 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 Bethesda in regards to something else. There was an incident that also happened with Bethesda this past week, where it, it came out that there was somebody trying to resell one of their games, and Bethesda stopped that sale from happening it, it, entirely, because um, they tried to resell a the game was still it was still in the original packaging. They tried to resell it, and Bethesda stop them from doing that so uh the question that i had about this is uh first and foremost i'm sure you heard about the situation but the question i had is um do you think uh publishers or rather the companies stopping people from selling their games uh use do you think that that is a good thing for the industry
1: um okay so Uh, Because I I saw that headline, but I didn't read into the actual story. So where where exactly did he try to sell this? Did he try to sell it at GameStop? Did he sell it privately on eBay? Or
0: I believe I believe it was Amazon. Um, I would need to double check that particular fact. Okay. Because 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 I you know all all I know is I I I did hear that he was trying to sell it, and because he was trying to sell it. They did stop that sale from happening. There's a lot more to that particular situation because I think he also tried to sell it at full price. And they said, no, you're not going to do that. So I know they just went after him. But the thing is that there are a lot of people that are reselling their stuff, uh, whether it's Amazon, eBay, or GameStop. So I find it interesting how they made it a point to stop this guy, but not the other people that are still doing this stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, that... Like, I can't condone that at all That's bad on Bethesda's part Because I mean There's you know Amazon is a Marketplace and um, As long as that user is Is following Amazon's Guidelines they can't well, I don't understand how they can intervene at that Point I mean if, if, he, if That game came into his possession And it's his property And you know regardless of whether he opened It or not he has the right to Sell on that game if he wishes to so, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't see why they would even do that. Like, uh, I mean, unless they had prior knowledge that the game was stolen or something like that. Like, that's the only scenario in which I think they're within their rights to, you know, uh, block that sale. But if that guy, you know, bought the game and he was like, "Hell no, I ain't playing this. I heard it's trash or whatever," and then like just tried to sell it later on, then. That like that. That's uh, yeah. Uh, Bethesda, I can't condone you blocking that so, cell. Like that's terrible, right there.
0: So 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 so. Just so I provide a little bit more insight into what's going on. Yeah, the, the guy's name was was Ryan Hupp, based out of Philly, Philly. He basically was selling a sealed copy of The Evil Within Two because he had purchased the game, but he never played it. He was selling it on Amazon's marketplace, and then then received the notice from Bethesda. Threatening to sue him if he did not take the take the game off of Amazon Marketplace. So yeah, that is the issue right there. Um, yeah,
1: that, that's uh that's not right. Like that that goes against um, you know a buyer's rights. I think um, so. I, I don't know. Like, did did Bethesda even release a statement on that or something? Because I feel like they they need to like say they need to explain themselves on this one because. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's kind of crazy, in my opinion. doesn't make them look good at all. Well,
0: actually, check this out. There was an update to this story. Uh, here is what Bethesda said. Uh, when contacted, they said, Bethesda does not and will not block the sale of pre-owned games. The issue is, in this case, is that the seller offered a pre-owned game as new on the Amazon Marketplace. Uh, We do not allow non-authorized resellers to represent what they sell as new because we can't verify that the game hasn't been opened or repackaged. This is how we help protect buyers from fraud and ensure our customers always receive authentic new products with all enclosed materials and warranty intact. In this case, if the game had been listed as pre-owned, this would have not been an issue.
1: Okay. Okay. So what I'll say to that is that's Amazon's responsibility and not Bethesda's. Like yeah. to, to ensure that, you know, the, the users are listing things correctly as they should. So that like if Amazon didn't have any issues with it, Bethesda shouldn't have.
0: Cause that's at, true.
1: at the end of the day, the guy still bought that game and they already recouped, like they, they already got that, that money, the royalty from that copy of the game. So. They have no rights to intervene in that case.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think I find it interesting how they say the game should be labeled as pre-owned if the guy never opened it. It's in the original packaging, though. I don't. I mean, I I don't really know if that should be labeled as pre-owned, but that's just my opinion. But but yeah, that that is an issue. Yeah, Amazon definitely. If they didn't have an issue with it, it should have just. It shouldn't. They shouldn't be getting involved in that either. Um, that is, you know, like you said They already got the royalty from the game So I think that they should Leave it at that, but uh, hey they, they, uh, They're trying to crack down In more ways than one, so You know, I have to say It's very interesting decision To to, to, to basically take that Approach, but it is what it is
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely coincide not with, with Bethesda on that one Yeah <laughs>
0: Hey, totally understand that well um, any other thoughts on Bethesda in regards to this or the review policy or um, the uh, cross play stuff before we wrap up today's show
1: uh, that, that's pretty much it for me
0: yeah so um, as I said a lot of different topics to get into uh, so I think that pretty much concludes our show for this week. Uh thank you all for listening. And if you had a chance to watch live, we appreciate your continued support. Um definitely wanna give some shout outs to all the Patreon supporters who Gary will mention as well. Uh I wanna give people a heads up that uh we still have a giveaway that we're running for Shinmu one and two. That actually ends this upcoming monday so if you haven't had a chance to fill out that form i will highly recommend that you fill it out because when monday comes that's it you will not have an opportunity to sign up for it again we'll be having other giveaways in the future as well and also want to give a shout out to m collins because he won our spider-man ps4 giveaway so congratulations to him and thank you for your continued support um but yeah Um, we are going to be having more giveaways because again, there are a ton of games coming out over the next couple of months. You probably can make a guess as to which games we will be giving away. So uh, definitely stay subscribed continue to check out the website and listen to the podcast. We'll make some of these announcements on the podcast as well. But um, once again, thank you all for your continued support Um, and Gary, the floor is now yours for uh, shout outs.
1: Yep. So, a uh, big shout to all of our Patreon supporters, and um, of course, we'll, like M. Collins is at the top of the pile, and you know he he uh, won the Spider Man giveaway. So, you know, big shouts to him and congratulations for winning that copy. And we also have Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gority so thank you all for your support we appreciate you know your continued support of of the coalition and everything and yeah i mean if you are if you if you do support us on patreon you know you could you could possibly win something like spider-man or one of these huge games that come out you know so that's that's money saved right there so yeah uh big shouts to to all of those patreon supporters and um please do keep in mind that we do have exclusive giveaways for our patreon supporters but we also have shenmue which is you know open to everyone so any anyone can enter that giveaway so you know we're doing a lot for for the the gaming community right now
0: absolutely um and i also want to give two other quick shout outs i want to give a shout out to mr anthony nash he actually reviewed madden nfl 19 uh if you haven't had a chance to pick up madden yet Definitely check out his review, and it will give you a very good idea of what to expect from this year's game. And I definitely absolutely have to give a shout-out to Mr. Jake James Lugo because he had a very, very, uh, I want to say, insightful editorial on what happened this week with the whole plagiarism situation that has been ongoing with uh, the former IGN Nintendo uh, editor. Uh, excellent uh, article he wrote on that So definitely check out that opinion piece As well as his interview With uh, Cosmic Star heroin developer Bill Steinberg uh, Both great pieces on this website Right now um, As well as YouTube So definitely check that out when you have an opportunity to do so um, Once again Thank you all for your continued support I hope that you all have a great weekend And we will talk to you all next week
1: He sell people.